You are listening to the Blind Spot Money Talk Show. You would want to tune in if you are a small to mid-sized business owner or a leader. We will discuss various subjects to help you identify blind spots in your business with your host, Miru Hunter-McMahon, Profit Improvement Partner at Your Savings Pro, here to make a difference for your business. Hello, Lee. Welcome to my show. Good morning. Thank you so much for having me. Well, thank you so much for your time. I know you must be busy with helping business owners with the law issues. <laughs> yes, it's a busy time right now because there's so many changes and people are trying to keep up with changes in the law, trying to keep up with changes in how they need to run their business. So it is a very busy time for sure. Before we get started discussing like the blind spots, uh, tell me a little bit about yourself, how you got started, what's your background? Sure. Um, so I've been practicing law since 2003. Um, I originally uh, started practicing at a firm in downtown Denver. We were living in Colorado at the time. And um, the beginning of my career was mostly focused on um, commercial civil litigation. So it was business owners that were in some kind of dispute to the point where they couldn't get it resolved on their own and they were resorting to the court system. Um, I practiced um, pretty much exclusively in the litigation area for probably the first, oh, I don't know, 13, 14 years of my practice. Um, and after I moved to Texas, I worked for um, a small firm here in the Woodlands that did um, litigation and also the transactional side. And I started getting interested in doing um, more of the transactional side of um, practice and began you know, to, to develop those skills as well. And obviously on the litigation side for years, I had seen the, the contracts pulled apart and nitpicked and um, business relationships, you know, from the, the Monday morning quarterback sort of perspective of, uh, of what happens when things go wrong. And what I realized is that so many times there were um, people who were in litigation, business owners that were in litigation, and it, many times it could have been avoided or greatly reduced. Um, the extent of the dispute if they had uh, had good legal advice, um, you know, from the beginning. So that's where I really sort of um, focused my passion when I opened my own law firm a little over three years ago. Um, I focus on transactional uh, law, on um, preventative law, a big focus is on education. You know, because like you said, um, we all have blind spots and um, especially running a business, you know, you're expected to know marketing, sales, social media, law, accounting, tax, you know, there's so many things that business owners um, have challenges with and we all have our um you know, sort of the things in our personality or the things in our background, you know, that, that we're good at. And so I think the con your concept um, is, is great and is so important. And, um, you know, uh, just to really, again, focus on the education and that I think um, once the business owner realizes, hey, you can't do everything yourself, 
and whether it, you know, whatever area it is, you need to get um, someone who is an expert on board um, and or, you know, educate yourself in that area so that you aren't having these blind spots. So um, kudos to you for coming up with, with the concept um, and, and putting that education out there. I think it's so important. Thank you so much. As a business owner, we have to know everything. And I think especially it's hard to keep up a lot of changes every day, probably. From your perspective, I would like you to kind of cover what are the high, let's say top three, or maybe you can pick a one blind spot in each area you uh, are expert in. Or if they have been in business for a long time, they can reconsider reviewing and maybe setting things up properly now as they gotten better at their business. Yes, that, that's a really good point. Actually, Mero, I think um, some business owners do make the mistake of sure, um, they get legal advice in the very beginning and then five, 10, however many years pass and they don't go back and, and look at their contracts and look at their organizational documents and say, does this still make sense for my business? Because things do change. So I say, just like you would get a checkup for your own health, just like you would get maintenance on your car, um, your business legal situation is something that needs maintenance and something that you, you should check in with um, regularly. So um, for me, I think maybe a good way to, to frame the discussion, um, as you said, I have, uh, for example, on my website, I have three main areas um, of law that I've kind of broken down that the business owner um, you know, may need help with. So um, maybe let's start at the beginning, you know, the formation of your business. Um, one of the first initial um, decisions that business owners need to make is what kind of entity are you going to be? Are you going to be what we call a sole proprietor? And that just means you're either doing business under your own name, or if you're using a trade name, you need to register that trade name at the county. But in essence, you and your business are one in the same. There is no legal separation. Um, any liabilities that you have personally, business assets will be subject to those liabilities and any business liabilities, your personal assets, you know, could be used to fulfill them. Um, so one of the first things that, that many business owners do when they're starting out is decide to form an entity. Um, but by far the most popular entity choice for small businesses these days is a limited liability company or an LLC. Um, we like those because they have a lot of flexibility uh, there are less formalities than you would have with a corporation, um, but it's the LLC has been established and has been around for so many years that the um, liability protection, you know, is well established in the law, and um, because of the flexibility, uh, is is a very common, a very common choice. Um, one blind spot that I see quite often is that people form their LLC at the Secretary of State, which is really, for the most part, filling out a form. You know, that's kind of a ministerial act of putting in your name and your address and checking a couple other, other boxes. It's the steps after that. So what are you doing to implement the, um, the veil or the protection that that LLC is giving you? Um, First of all, if you have if you're in business with a partner, it's essential that you have a company agreement or uh, which is a form of a partnership agreement in an LLC. 
Um, many people don't realize, for example, that in under the default rules uh, in Texas, if you don't have a company agreement, you can't buy or sell your interest in your LLC. You can't um, expel or kick out your partner. Um, and there's really pretty limited um, exit strategies under the statutes if you don't have a partnership agreement in place. And um, I litigated uh, many, many cases having to do with partnership disputes. And so many times, whatever the dispute was could have been handled in a company agreement. That's one of those things that needs to grow and needs to be evaluated as your business changes. You know, if you bring on a new partner, if if um, the the type of business or, or something that you're doing in your business changes, that needs to be evaluated. Um, so I would definitely see that as a potential blind spot that many business owners have. They they know to get an LLC, but they don't know the additional steps. Um, including getting a company agreement in place so that you're you're really getting the benefit um, that goes along with having that LLC. Yeah, especially when you're having a partner. I mean, it's probably not as complicated if it's a one owner, uh, but as company grows, like you may start with few employees or even alone. And then as you grow, you have to make sure you're staying up to the standards, right, of the law yes. to make sure exactly. that you know, if anything goes wrong, you can go separate ways without fighting. I mean, it's kind of like divorce. It's not easy, right? <laughs> That's exactly, we call it a business divorce. That's exactly what we call it. And so if you think about it, your your company agreement, your partnership agreement is like your prenup, you know, in a, in a divorce and can say, again, save you so much time if you come to an agreement on those things in advance. Um, even for single owners, uh, single member LLCs, there is a benefit to having a company agreement. There are some um, additional protections that we can put in place that go above and beyond what the statute offers. Um, so again, still recommend that you do have a company agreement, even if you are a single member. So that's a good question, good point to bring up. Yeah, no, that's good to know. Um, so what's, uh, I think your next point is like a contract drafting and negotiation. What are the like a high, biggest number one blind spot in that area? Yeah, I would say the number one blind spot in that area is not fully understanding what all those uh, boilerplate, you know, terms get to be. Um, you get to towards the end of the contract and you see some stuff that looks legalese and you just sort of skip over it. Um, but uh, mostly business owners, when they're putting together their contract, they're concerned about the price. They're concerned about what the service or the goods are that are being delivered. And maybe, you know, they're concerned about deadlines. Beyond that, you know, it's hard to get people engaged in those other terms, but those those additional terms in the contract are so important. Um, for example, if you're dealing uh, with another party to the contract that is located um, in a different state whose state law is going to govern, if you don't say in your contract, then that's just a, an additional part of litigation, an additional piece that people can fight at, about when they get into litigation. Um, Again, something in literally one sentence that can be put in your contract, deal with it up front, whose law applies, and instead of having months of litigation and the attorneys, you know, arguing back and forth, citing case law and the judge 
having to make a decision. Um, that's a similar instance with where is the lawsuit going to be filed or the venue. So choice of law and venue are something that should be agreed on in advance, especially if you're dealing with someone out of state. Um, other important provisions to look for are indemnities. So you may be agreeing to perform certain obligations in, towards the front of the contract and then down in the, the boilerplate, the legalese, you are basically waiving all rights and all claims that you have against the other party and indemnifying them. Those indemnification provisions are very tricky and you know should should definitely be analyzed um, whenever you whenever you see them. Um, so those are a couple provisions that you know you need to pay attention to. Um, and like I said, in general, I see people just reading the first, you know, just reading the dollar amount and the quantity, and then they stop, and not realizing that the additional terms in those contracts, you know, have meaning and that they're negotiable. You know, sometimes I clients come to me and say, "Well, here's this contract that I signed. Um, a commercial lease is a great example. You know, I again, the tenant cares about the price per square foot." There are so many other provisions in a 35, 45-page lease, and some tenants assume that none of that is negotiable. And in some cases, it's not. In some cases, it is. I always say you don't know until you ask, right? So, um, so we go through those commercial leases and at the very least explain to the tenant, hey, this, this is a right you're giving up or this is an, an agreement that you're making, you know, are you aware of that? Um, and many times they're not. And if it's something that, that is unfair, then, you know, depending on the bargaining power of the parties, how bad does the landlord need a tenant? How bad does the tenant want the space? You know, that all comes down to their business decision, but if they don't even understand what's in the lease, you're not really making an informed decision about whether this is a good deal, even though the price per square foot, you know, may be lower than what you saw down the street. Um, so reading and understanding the, the provisions of your contract, and then once you understand them, then you're able to negotiate them and try and get a better, a better deal. Yeah, no, I totally agree with you. When it comes to negotiation, I believe a lot of people either don't know how to negotiate or maybe they don't experience it before. And I think the biggest, at least in my, from my perspective, what I see lacking in negotiation is that they don't see the end, end goal. So when they don't see the end goal, they don't know how to negotiate. And like you said, a lot of people are afraid to challenge the status quo, right? So at least you ask and you, I mean, the worst case, they're going to say no, but at least you um, look through your contract, right? And then, of course, I understand from the perspective of the legal terminology, it is overwhelming, like you said, indemnity, like the, these are the words we don't use on a daily basis. This is too much, right? So when people are trying to open businesses, they get excited and they want to kind of like jump into the relationship and Nothing bad is going to happen to me, you know, <laughs> but I think you pointing out very good, uh, valid points. I echo what you're saying about the, the entrepreneurial spirit, you uh -huh. know, sometimes 
I feel like um, I was telling a client yesterday um, something. She said, oh, I really didn't realize that I needed to do that. And I said, I'm sorry. I feel like I'm the bearer of bad news. And she said, no, I'm so glad that you told me that I needed to do this, you know, before something did happen and we could take action. And so, again, that that entrepreneurial spirit is the thing that motivates people to be self-starters, to start their own business, to be successful, but it has the propensity to create blind spots sometimes. Um, and sometimes I feel like my job is, is I feel like I'm saying no, no, no <laughs> all the time. Um, and I try to, I try to change that conversation and, and not say no and say, yes, but yes, you can do this, but if you do, here are the risks. And yes, if you do this, you know, here's how we can mitigate some risks. Um, and, and trying to that way, because I think sometimes people, um, people have a misconception um, that they don't want to ask their lawyer because they're afraid they'll say, tell them no. And um, again, I think it's about saying not necessarily no in some instances. I mean, there, there are some things like, no, you can't do that. <laughs> not gonna do that, right? But for the most part, we can find a way. It's just, are you willing to accept the risk? And, and you really can't accept a risk if you don't fully understand what it is. So in this instance, the business owner didn't fully, uh, she knew enough to knew, yeah, that was a thing, but she didn't fully understand the risk that she was taking. Um, and once we spoke about it, she realized, okay, this is a, this is a cost of doing business and I need to, I need to have this in place. Um, which kind of um, brings me to another point that in addition to your lawyer, your CPA and your commercial insurance agent, and, and also to an extent your commercial business banker, like those are people that you need to have on your team um, from pretty much the beginning of your business. You know, every, every transaction we do in business has a tax consequence if you think about it that way, right? Every sale, we need to put it on the ledger as income. Every expense, is that a, is that a deductible expense? You know, so having a basic understanding of those tax laws and having an, a CPA or a tax professional that you are able to ask questions to is so important because that's another huge area where I have seen business owners maybe not even through any fault of their own, not realize, oh, I did, I'm a photographer. I thought that was a service. I didn't know I needed to collect sales tax. For some wonky reason in Texas, you have to collect sales tax if you're a photographer. You don't if you're an attorney. We're both providing a service. They think the photographer needs to collect sales tax. So, so that's one of those things that, that, like you said, if you don't get it right from the beginning, can really get you tripped up because once you're behind on taxes, then you're doing penalties and, and all kinds of things. Um, the same with insurance. Have in place good commercial insurance. Speak to someone who is um, well-versed in commercial insurance. Commercial insurance is very different than um, home and auto insurance. You know, you can easily get a quote for home and auto insurance. Call up, here's my, here's my make and model of my car. Here's my VIN number. Boom, they can quote you. Your business does not have a VIN number. Your business is unique. What risks you are and aren't taking are, are gonna depend on what kind of policy you get and if you have the right coverage. So 
you can't get the coverage after you have the accident or after you have um, have the issue arise. So making sure you have that in place from the beginning is so important. Um, and the same thing, a relationship with your banker. You wanna have a relationship with your banker before you need the loan, before you need the credit. Um, you know, under, so they're understanding your business and you have, um, you have someone that you can contact when you need help. Um, so I think those are so important to, to have on your team as a business owner. Yeah, and I think, I mean, team is important, but when people start businesses, initially at least, I think their biggest fear is, well, I don't want to pay or I cannot afford it or whatever the reasons might be. But I think that blind spot might be invest now so you don't spend more later, right? That might be the yeah. biggest blind spot when you're considering gathering team to make it kind of like us started with a proper paperwork or proper insurance right yeah yes i agree um it uh cost of paying professionals can be a blind spot for some people um and it's really just um at that point i think the professional's job to explain to the client here's the value that i'm bringing the table um here's the potential cost if we don't do this now um and and really uh what i try and do with my small business clients is um you know i tell them rome wasn't built in a day listen, we cannot put in place every single procedure, every single contract, every single intellectual property registration, you know, on down the line. But where in your, once I understand your business, we can see here are the, the red flags or here are the pain points, here are the, the things that are maybe most likely to develop into a liability someday and let's take care of those first. If something is relatively inexpensive, let's knock it off, you know, check it off the list and, and move on. If something is, is going to be more costly, let's figure out the pros and cons and, and maybe then at least you have a budget for it, right? And then you can budget for your legal needs just like you're budgeting for your marketing and, and anything else, any other costs in your business. So I think that's really important to, to kind of develop a game plan and not to overwhelm the business owner and say, well, all this all has to be in place before you can open your doors. And that's just not true. Yeah, no, definitely. I think the business should evolve and the contract also evolving as they go. I mean, like you said, you can't cover everything because sometimes you may be starting the business with one idea and down the road in two years you're like you know what i don't really really like this area let me you know tweak my business and create different packages or whatever that might be you know yeah. so very good points and i think one more thing on negotiation i believe that you can even negotiate certain aspects that might not be part of the contract right so for example one of the articles i was reading in the last few weeks um, they were talking about this company were negotiating that like they will pay kind of like a coverage of insurance. They pay for pandemic situations. Guess what? Pandemic happened. They got paid a bunch of money. But if they didn't do that, then they wouldn't have gotten that situation. So certain things that you, I mean, who, nobody thinks pandemic is going to happen, right? So in that particular circumstance, they were ahead of the game and included in their contract. These are the type of situation. Sometimes when you know your end goal, when you 
you know, negotiate every aspect or even add certain things that you want as a, as a business owner. It's not one-sided. That might help you long-term. Yes, very good points. There's, there's more, I guess you're sort of, the, the idea is enlarging the pie, right? Mm -hmm. Some people see it as a very, like, here's the size of our pie. How much do you get? How much do I get? Well, what if we increase the scope? You know, there are more, more benefits that we can provide each other. I can't give you a, a price discount this time, but I can mention you on my blog and I have um, followers that would maybe also be interested in your service. You know, some, something like, um, that's just an example I had, I had heard of, um, but um, I agree with what you're saying, thinking outside the box and trying to come up with um, more creative solutions, especially when people are starting out and have limited resources. That's really important. Yeah, definitely. And, then, and of course, the, the most important, your third bucket is employment and contract agreement. As businesses grow, uh, evidently you have to hire more people and kind of like that's a very important piece of the business, yet it's also overlooked part of the business. Yes. What I, is the blind spot in that area with employment? Um, so I would say that a lot of employers have blind spots regarding um, wage and hour laws. So that is something that you need to get right from the very beginning. And that starts with how you're classifying your employers employees sorry so so one common um one common thing i see is that as businesses start growing and they they want to bring on someone but they have that fear of bringing on an employee um because of actual and some are misconceptions about you know increased liability with the employee and so um i see very common instances where people are hiring people as independent contractors and people get in trouble quite often by misclassifying people as independent contractors when they actually are employees. Um, the test and the determination of those two categories is not easy to apply. It's, um, there's somewhat different factors depending on whether you're talking about the IRS or the Department of Labor or the Texas Workforce Commission. So it is a big area where employers can again without really knowing that they're doing anything wrong just thinking oh i'm just going to hire a 1099 worker and not realizing because of the relationship they have set up that that person is really more like an employee um yes. and so bringing on liability that they really didn't you know was just unnecessary if they had had the correct categorization so not to say that it's it's there's never a case for independent contractors. And if someone is a true contractor, you know, that's great. Um, we do need to have a contract, a written contract in place. If you're gonna have an independent contractor, um, that's a huge factor and a big key in, in being able to keep them classified properly as the contractor. Um, and then if once you have someone who is actually an employee, you know, just be aware of um, the, uh, requirements for how they're paid and paying them correctly. Is this a salary person? Can they qualify to be paid on salary? If not, are you keeping track of their hours so that you're paying overtime? Um, you know, all those uh, compliance issues that come up when you start to bring people onto your into your business. Um, 
and and that's sort of one aspect of having an employee and another aspect is 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 the hr side of you know managing the employee um, making sure you're getting their best efforts making sure that they're invested in in you and your company and your company's culture um, and so those two things, you know, really work hand in hand um, and definitely, definitely a big step bringing on an employee, but um, for many businesses, you know, is, is essential to grow, you know, you can't, you can't do everything. And so at some point you're going to have to bring someone on. Um, and that's definitely one of those points when you need to go back and, and speak to your lawyer and, and get the, get an understanding of all the requirements and, and get the proper agreements in place. Yeah, definitely. Going back to education, educate yourself. And I think, as you mentioned, when they put it in the contract, they should also, I believe, understand how to treat the contractor versus employee. Because I believe there are certain rules, like, for example, if they are your employees, you can tell them what to do. You can watch them how they do it. But if it's contractor, you cannot necessarily maybe do certain things and it's more of a project. Here is a project, go do it, but you cannot micromanage them as yes. micromanage your employees. Con yes, the control, control is one of the biggest factors in determining whether someone is an employee or a contractor. So as a business owner, you know, that's a trade-off. If you, you want to be able to manage the work, you might need to think about whether that person really is appropriate as an employee and not a contractor. Yeah. And also, I believe, you know, of course, you have to protect yourself, but I'm not saying every employee or contractor will come sue you. But in the case, for example, if I'm a contractor, but if I can go and sue my employer and say, well, I have been treated like employee, but I don't have the benefits and this is how and if I can prove it. So that's why I guess the business owner need to educate themselves. So they avoid that kind of situation, even if it's probably a slim chance, but still, even if it's slim chance, do it right, if possible, right? Yes, exactly, agree. Yeah, it was very good conversation. You hit all the important points when it comes to blind spots. To close our conversation, like what are the top three takeaways? Um, so number one, when you're forming your business, uh, with a partner, make sure that you have a written partnership agreement in place. Number two, when you are drafting and negotiating your contracts, make sure that you understand all of the terms, including those boilerplate legalese terms that you're understanding and that you're negotiating them. And then number three, when it comes time to hire workers, um, under, make sure that you understand and educate yourself about the difference between an employee and an independent contractor and that you're educating yourself on the, the wage and hour laws um, when you're hiring an employee. Yeah, no, very good conversation. I mean, I really enjoyed our conversation. There's like even certain things I ne don't necessarily know and certain things I knew because I used to do contracts in the past. So it's very interesting. Even if I did contract, it's, you always learn something new every day. So thank you so much for your time. It was a great conversation. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for joining the Blindspot Money Talk Show. 
hope to help you improve the operation in a better way, maximizing profit and minimizing procurement expenses for the success of your business. Make sure to subscribe to the show so you will never miss a discussion that will help you identify your blind spot. Details are in comment section. If you find value in this show, we would appreciate your review. Or if you would simply tell a fellow business owner about the show, that will help us out too. We want to help as many businesses as we can. Thanks again for tuning in. I'm your host, Miru. Until next time. Thank you.